Well, new visas for international students will be slashed by more than a third this year as the federal government tries to slow a rapid increase in temporary residence that has put immense pressure on Canada's housing system. Uh, Immigration Minister Mark Miller said the cap on new students, student visas will be implemented for this year and next. The number of new visas handed out this year will be capped at 364,000, a 35% decrease from the nearly 560,000 issued last year. Uh, to put that in context, more than 900,000 foreign students had visas to study in Canada last year. Alone. Well, joining me now to talk a little bit about uh, this U-turn by the federal Liberal government and their policy is Dr. Dale McCartney. He's a professor at the University of the Fraser Valley who studies international student policy. Dr. McCartney, thank you for joining us. It's good to be here. Thank you. Uh, what is your take on this recent announcement? I mean, it's a big uh, intervention in the international student system. I think that uh, my immediate take is that the uh, the cut is really high, uh, higher, I think, than we were expecting uh, when we chatted last week. Um, and that the way it's being distributed, where they're assigning the number of international student permits to provinces based on the province's population, means that it's going to have a really big effect on BC and Ontario particularly. Uh, I think in the case of uh, Ontario, they've already said 50%. Do you see something close yeah. to that for British Columbia as well? Yeah, I mean, I'd have to, I had to do, I'm really bad at math, but I had to do the math. But I think, like, you know, ballpark probably in that range, yes. Because BC takes many more, like, a disproportionate number of international students come to BC for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I hear what you've just said and what the minister has said, I'm thinking, uh, let's just talk about our public colleges for for a second. Forget our universities, but public colleges. There's one or two of them that are heavily reliant on yeah. international students. That's a lot of money these students bring in. What does it mean yeah. to the bottom line or even the, the viability of some of these colleges that are so yeah. heavily reliant on international student dollars? Yeah, I would say it's more than one or two, by the way. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think this is a huge question. And something I really like, or I've liked is a strong word, but something I appreciate about the announcement is that Minister Miller is clearly asking provinces to distribute the international students themselves and distribute the permits. And I think that's smart, rather than having the federal government distribute them. So in a way, we don't know for sure how it's going to affect those colleges yet, because we need to see what the provincial government decides about how they're going to be distributed. I mean, it's a really big cut, and it feels like um, it's hard to imagine a system that is able to still supply the number of international students that those colleges are are, um, welcoming right now, you know, in, we in the context of this cut, which means, as you're saying, it's going to mean budget cuts. It's going to mean, um, uh, you know, deficits or, or, or layoffs or closing programs. And one of the, the challenges here is that we've spent the last two decades telling colleges and universities to be flexible and to find other sources of funding. And this has been a really key one. And to now close it, there are very few avenues they're left to go to. You know, they're relying on public support and on international student fees, and particularly in a context where they don't want to raise or are not allowed to raise domestic tuition fees, it's really it represents a real threat to it, particularly those smaller schools, I think. Now, I was talking about uh, uh, public colleges, and I said one or two. You said there's probably more than that. I was thinking of a couple of them in the Metro Vancouver that are so reliant on there. But yeah. I, I get your point. But in the private colleges, I think this would hurt significantly to the point where yeah. some of the, a lot of these colleges, maybe not all, but a lot of them, obviously, are going to be impacted to the point they're going to have to shut down. I mean, I think that that is probably what's going to happen, yeah, that the provinces planning to distribute these international study permits in ve- primarily to public institutions 
which is going to mean, yeah, absolutely devastation for the private sector. Um, the, the, there, there are really big questions, I think, in that about because the, the private sector is quite diverse. There are different kinds of, um, you know, colleges operating in that space. And some of them, like some of them are really old, have been around for decades and provide, I think, like a pretty important public service that public institutions aren't willing to do. And then some of them are definitely the kind of fly-by-night, um, you know, I think Minister Miller called them diploma mills. And I think like those kinds, like distinguishing that is going to be really important. But in a cut this big, it's hard to imagine even the, the you know, the more credible institutions are, are likely to be in trouble. I think you're absolutely right. Is, is this, is that a, I mean, is it a generally a good thing that some of these diploma mills do shut down that at the end of it, it, it may be unfair uh, in regards to how it's done and how it's implemented. But overall, this is probably good for the system, not only just for the public education system, where some would argue we've cheapened uh, a Canadian education for international students. But number two, we have too many fly-by-night diploma mills that do need to be shut down. This may be the wrong, uh, the wrong way to do it, potentially. Uh, we've made it too long to address the issue. But at the end of the day, this was necessary. Yeah, I, 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 I think I, can, I really agree with the spirit of that. I don't know if I agree that the cap is the tool to do this with. But I definitely agree that the sector needed, needs reform, that there needs to be more serious consideration about what uh, colleges and universities do and what, what, what grants them the right to call themselves that and how, to beha- how they have to behave. Um, and, I, and I absolutely think that we need to share all those. And it's not just, I mean, it's not just, I, you make a great point about cheapening and Canadian education, but I think the other effect of it is it's really hard on international students themselves who are not in a good position to distinguish between a credible or a less credible institution when they're trying to pick one in Canada are being ne- not necessarily given totally accurate information and then arriving to find that they've been placed in a school that's not going to serve their needs, that is you know, exploiting them. So I absolutely think that there is real need for clamping down on that on that um, sector. I'm just not sure that this is the tool to do it. But, you know, I mean, I, I, it depends a lot. Again, I, you know, not to be so professorial about this, but it depends a lot on what the provincial government does with this announcement, like how they implement it. But I, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty blunt tool for what is a, but it, it's absolutely an important change to make. A final question to you, and I think it's important for context. This didn't happen overnight. How did this all occur in your mind? Like, What was the, yeah. uh, I guess, the first false step? And when did we start that, that we walked into this need for so many international students to prop up our post-secondary education system, never mind so many coming now and, and, and you know diploma mills and all that. When did this all start in your mind where we went the wrong way as collectively as a country? Yeah, I mean, the roots of this, and it's not unique to Canada. Like, it's important to say that this has a, been a global phenomenon, but, but Canada has embraced it in a particular way. Like, the roots of this in the 1980s with the, the huge tax regime changes that occurred in the 80s and 1990s, that changed the way we fund public um, services and, and really led to, you know, we just, we just eliminated a bunch of public services and we've frozen many others. And then we've had, it, it's created a situation where they're competing for funds all the time. And, and you know, understandably, healthcare is more important than post-secondary education. And so for, since the 1980s and 90s, post-secondary education has been, received less, like sometimes declining or sometimes a stagnating support from the government and has had less public support for it in general. And, and governments were really clear that institutions should find a different way to fund this. And um, they allow, I mean, international student tuition, the higher tuition actually started even earlier, but it wasn't initially meant as a fundraising method. 
But in the 1980s and 90s, when the institution said, wait, we could use this, governments agreed, but more than agreed. Like, in, like the government of Canada has changed its policies regularly to recruit more international students. It has a, we have a national brand that the federal government pays for called EduCanada that advertises Canada around the world as a destination. Canada, every province and the federal government have strategies to recruit more international students. And they've put tremendous pressure on institutions to do this. And they've, they've made policies that will help them. So this has, been, this has been 20 or 30 years in making. And it's been a really like, concerted attempt to find a different source of funds than tax revenue. And unfortunately, like, I think if we're going to shut these things down, if this is a program we want to intervene in and reduce, and, th- and that is, a, I think, a reasonable thing to discuss, we have to find another way to fund post-secondary education. Because at the moment, like, this is going to be a, a real crisis. They're going to pre- this is going to be perceived as a crisis because they rely on this money. And so um, if we want to seriously talk about making educational decisions or just recruiting students because they serve our longer-term purposes or however we want to talk about this, and there's so many different ways, um, we have to recognize that we've constructed a system where post-secondary institutions are dependent on this income because we're not willing to support them in the way we did in past generations. Well, there's lots to talk about here, not just you know, the, the near-term impacts on businesses and public colleges and private colleges, but also, as you say, uh, our value how, and how we value our public education system. Uh, Professor yeah, McCartney, sure. thank you so much for your time today. Thanks very much for having me.